Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Isaac. And this is your boy, Bryce. And we are Brothers on Tennis. And folks, we have put a cap in the final Grand Slam of 2023, the U.S. Open. And Bryce, I'm telling you what, man, was it not a fantastic Grand Slam in total? <laughs> it was. I mean, and, and we're going to talk about this in a few minutes, but even when you go back to the quarterfinal, the matchups starting with the quarterfinals were great. They were awesome. And like I said, we'll talk about those in a few minutes. But historic all the way around. Historic to Novak Djokovic. Congratulations on this goadage chase that he's been on. I think it's kind of hard not to nod your, 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 your head his way at 24. Um, and then Coco Golf. I mean, you know, we're going to talk about how we talked about this. Yes. Coming into the tournament, and the fact that she actually saw it through and did it is just absolutely amazing for her and her career and her team, um, who we will talk about also is A plus 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 plus. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, brother. So, where would you like to start off on this kind of uh, on this recap, if you will, or post show of the U.S. Open? Well, we'll we'll build it up the way we normally do, and. Um, I'm going to pull up here uh, the mixed doubles final. Yes, yes. Uh, that we had. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with the mixed doubles, we had a finals of, um, now I hope I pronounced his name right, but Danila Uh huh. And, and Hello Vara. Hello Vara, yep. Hello Vara. They took out the top seeds who mm -hmm. were Jessica Pagula and Austin Krychek. Uh, the Americans. So, you know, we were hoping the Americans could come through. I actually did not see the mixed doubles final. Uh, I don't know. Did you see it? Uh, well, remember, I'm on Spectrum. So that's all we'll say. Oh. <laughs> Which is another memory of this year's U.S. Open. All of you that were on Spectrum, like we said, our hearts go out to you. That was just straight salty, straight salty. Right. Let's just put it like that. So, no, what? I missed the Mixed Devils uh, Grand Slam final. But, hey, you know, once again, you had Pagula, Krychek. You, they've mm -hmm. teamed up before a great Mixed Devils pairing. Um, you know, great, good on them for making it to the final. Hoped that they were going to be able to pull it out. But, unfortunately, they came came up a little bit short. But, you know, kudos to them. And, 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 and regardless, kudos to them. Right. And I'm assuming they are potentially a pairing – as we're looking, you know, we're going to have to start talking about Olympics stuff, uh, you know, kind of coming up. And yes. uh, they, you know, maybe that is a pairing, which makes me also wonder, Coco Golf. Right. right. You know, because before, wasn't she like with Jack Sock and, you know, but Jack is retired now. Oh, I yep. guess she's going to get Rajiv Ram, huh? Potentially, yeah. I guess he would be he because yeah, he's still at the top. So I would expect for him to be paired up with somebody. And okay. Coco, I, I I could get with that pairing. I could. I still got a little PTSD with the Raji Ram pairing with the sisters at the Olympics. But we're gonna give. Look, we are a place of second chances. <laughs> Yes, yes, we are. Absolutely. <laughs> Very well said, Bryce. Second chances all day. 
<laughs> but anyway, I can tell already this show is gonna go all kinds of different places. <laughs> but shout out to Danilia, Danilina, and yes. Helio Vera for nagging, yes, yes. you know, Grand Slam Championship. And I think I don't, I feel totally unprepared for this. I'm assuming this is their first Grand Slam. I mean, I would assume so because I have not seen their names in any other championships. I mean, I've seen Helio Vara, but I don't know if he has a Grand Slam or not. So I, I honestly am not really sure. So shame on me if he does. I apologize. You know, we apologize. But yeah, you yeah. know, if, if he does, he, he probably has just one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we'll go with that. And with that, we're going like, to keep it moving, right? That's right. <laughs> that is obviously our song of the week. Um, yes, let's move over to the women's double. All right. Yes, 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 yes. And in this final, we had uh, Dabrowski and Rotliff yes. uh, against Sigmund and Zavada Rava. I mean, like, Zavada Rava is kind of like, you think she's gone? And you forget about her for a minute, and the next thing you know, she's in a Grand Slam final. She's like, wait a minute, don't count me out. I'm still hey. here. I'm still around. <laughs> That's Vera's Von Raver, man. She, you know, and she old school, so you know we 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 love her. So mm-hmm. good to see that she's still around, still doing her thing. And I tell you, to be able to make it to yet another Grand Slam doubles, women double final is a really great accomplishment. It is. And and, and you know what? Now I did watch. Uh, this match. Okay. And, and, and this is just my opinion. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Dabrowski and, and uh, Rotliff. Uh, they did what they needed to do to win. Yeah. But I felt like Sigmund and Zavonna Raper, because I've seen them play a lot before, yeah. it wasn't their best day. Uh, um, they, you know, especially Zavonna Raper. And I'm not used to not seeing Zavonna Raper really kind of come through in the clutch. Mm-hmm. And there were some points there where just unforced error right. on her uh, at critical points. Uh, like I said, not taking anything away from uh, Rotliff and uh, Dabrowski because Dabrowski was all over the net. She yeah. was she was extra aggressive. <laughs> uh, but I don't think they got uh, an informed Sigmund and Zavonareva in the final uh, but congratulations to them for getting their first one. And also, Isaac, do you remember we interviewed Rotlet at our very first City Taste of Tennis uh, in New York at uh, Tavern on the Green? That's right. Uh, she was with a group of other doubles players, yeah. and she was the only one who had qualified. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, and they were they were awesome. They were really nice right. ladies. So. You know, so shout shout out to her, man. Good good on you for for being able to lift a Grand Slam doubles title. That is phenomenal. It is fantastic, man. Right, and I saw she's now ranked number twenty in the world in doubles. So Very nice. Things are looking really good. Uh, climb, yeah. climb, climb. All right, so let's keep it moving, <laughs> and let's take it to the men's doubles. Yes, where we had familiar names, very familiar names in this final. And we had uh, Salisbury and Raji Ram mm-hmm. uh, going against Bopana and forever my guy, Matthew Ebden. Oh, yeah. uh, 
there's no secret I was pulling for Ebden because I always pull for Ebden no matter who he's playing. Um, but Ram and Salisbury took this in three. Yeah, yeah, it was a tough battle. Definitely a tough battle. But, um, you know, it's really nice to see some, you know, uh, some some kind of s- common names, if that makes any sense, because we've been kind of seeing just some really interesting results of, uh, you know, this year in men and women's doubles. Uh, so be, so to be able to see a final featuring Ram and Salisbury versus, you know, Ebden and Bupana, I was like, OK, I know these people. I know these guys. And so, you know, may the best man win, honestly, on, on my end. But I'm very happy for uh, Rajiv Ram and, and, and Joe Salisbury. I mean, they're a great they're a great team. They were number one in the world. And, you know, they 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 really play some outstanding doubles. I did see parts of their match against um, Krychek and um, Dodig. And that was actually a very hotly contested uh, men's doubles match. So I, I definitely enjoyed being able to, to 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 at least see that. I didn't get a, didn't get to see the final. We won't vis, we, you know we won't revisit that. But <laughs> but again, happy for them. But like you said, I mean, honestly, going into that match for me, either team could have won because I like Bopana and Ebden as well. So mm-hmm. I'm just just happy to see that both of those teams made it to the final and, and made it a good contest. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Ram and Salisbury, this is the third year in a row that they won this title. That's crazy. Right? Crazy. So they are definitely loving some New York U.S. Open. Right, right. Yeah. So uh, shout out to all four of them uh, for way to go. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to take a little sip of water here before we go to the men's and the women's singles. Okay, that's all I need. All so right. Isaac, which one do you want first? You, the, you know. Oh, we got to go with the men. Okay, because I was going to say the opposite, but I'm go. I can go with you. <laughs> I want to end on a high note. <laughs> <laughs> you are insane. <laughs> hey, okay. you like what you like, you know. <laughs> That's very true. You know what? There you go. Sorry, yeah, y'all. This is brothers on tennis, so don't get it twisted. So, <laughs> starting with the men. <laughs> I mean, Bryce, help me understand. Let's okay. So let's 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 actually start with the semis. So oh, the semis? okay, yeah. So of course we had in the semifinals we had um, Carlos against Medvedev, and we had Ben Shelton versus Novak Djokovic. <laughs> now, <laughs> of those semifinals, I mean, yeah, one was more straightforward than the other. But boy, oh boy, was there some fireworks, fireworks that came out of that one. Bryce, what do you say, sir? What do you say? Well, the very first semifinal of the day was Ben Shelton, upstart, American, a lot of hype, a lot of energy, a lot of people loving what they're seeing out of him. You know, against the only member of the big three that's playing right now, uh, Novak Djokovic, and pretty much people have stated, you know, Djokovic was going to run through uh, Ben like a bad cold, right? Uh, and shout out to everybody who caught COVID at the U.S. Open this year. Um, but beyond that, namely me, um, but beyond that, 
you know, the energy really started the round before because we had the All-American matchup of Shelton versus Tiafo. Right. And Tiafo had a lot of big talk about wanting to get back, having unfinished business in New York. Yeah. And, you know, Ben Shelton being a new kid on the block, kind of being under his wing a little bit. It was yeah. time for him to step up and show him who the veteran was on the court. And I think, uh if I didn't know who was who, <laughs> I, I thought the veteran was Ben Shelton because, number one, Tiafo looked a little understated uh, to me in his play, and Ben Shelton looked like he wasn't trying to leave anything um, out there on the court. Absolutely, Bryce. I mean, you know, four sets, six two three six seven six six two. I think that tiebreaker in the third was pretty – it was a big one. Um, mm-hmm. And it and, – I did see the highlights of that, and it seemed as though, I don't know, it was like, hey, you take it. No, you take it. And then Ben just came up with this ridiculous forehand. That that forehand was just fire, because I think it was on a, on a Teapo match point, and he mm-hmm. fell back and just whipped yep. it. And that, when I was like, okay, he, so I feel like that was the moment where Ben was like, okay, let's go. And when he hit that winner, it was like, boom, boom, boom. And then there's the set. And at that point, I felt like he had the momentum all the, you know, through the fourth and, and he took it. He, he literally just, just took it. I mean, it was crazy. He gave him a whole biscuit in the fourth, Bryce. He I, did. Mean, I mean, you talking about, you're going to show somebody, you know, who the veteran is. You can't take a whole biscuit in the fourth set then of a grand slam. And, and let's not forget, he had already given him a whole biscuit in the first. In the first, exactly. So he was like, "You look hungry, son. Let me ha- let me hook you up. Hook you up." <laughs> well, and and I tell you what, we've said this. I don't know how many times, Isaac. When we have countrymen or countrywomen, yes, uh, playing each other, especially those that are practiced against each other a bunch, a lot of times you see the benefit go to the lower ranked player because they are naturally more comfortable playing this person because they have more court time with them. You also have the higher ranked person maybe a little more, you know, feeling kind of special because it's like they know they're supposed to win. Exactly. And when you're playing someone like a Ben Shelton who can just pull shots out of his shoes, I mean, I know – Francis couldn't have been happy with this performance. No, he couldn't. No, he couldn't have been. I mean, you know, and and he kind of came out flat that first set. And it's like, dude, this is a grand slam. You can't you you can't give away anything. You got to be right. you got to come out there and be ready. Ben sure was ready, and uh, and he showed as much. So it was a bit disappointing, uh, you know, to see that again going into the match. You know, we love both of those dudes. So I was kind of of the mindset, you know, let the best man win. But in truth. I think you and I had talked about this as well. We both felt that it was honestly more important for Tiafo to take that match than right. it was Ben Shelton. Because Ben right. is new on the scene. Everything is new to him. It's all it's all gravy. It's all icing right. for the most part for right. him. But Tiafo, having made the semifinal last year, he actually had something to prove. And right. in my opinion, it was a negative if he didn't at least make it back to that same right. round from last year. And unfortunately, he got eclipsed. He did. And the thing that was crazy coming out of that match was, although Ben played well at certain points, we knew that even playing at that level would not be good enough to beat Djokovic. He needed to take that 
to another level to be able to because we know to beat Djokovic, you're not going to be more consistent than him, right? The times we've seen Djokovic lose is either when Djokovic is just all the way off, right, or he gets hit off the court, right? And Ben Shelton has those type of shots, but we haven't seen him hit those types of shots consistently enough across a three out of five set match against a goat, right? Right. Uh, it was a lot to ask for. And yeah. so it goes to this match and we see two totally different styles, right? So right. you have the Djokovic, you know, the, the goat, the, you know, I've been here a gazillion times. This is my court. This is what I do. I'm expected to win. I'm going to win. And you have Ben Shelton, which was like, I'm fresh out of the college system. We love to turn it up, get right. hyped. This is the biggest match of my life. We're going to go out here. We're going to do this. I'm going to show up, and I am going to show all the way out. Yes. And Isaac, how did that play out? Well, it's kind of like you said. Um, when you're dealing with Godage, there's not a lot that you can do. Um, I think that Novak, you know, uh, he's got so much experience, you know, too much to even try and, and recite. Um, he knew, he knew he's, 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 a, he's come across all that energy and everything. And he knows what he needs to do in best three out of five to get it done. And so, you know, he dealt with the energy, he dealt with the fans, he dealt with all the noise. And again, he did what the goats do and they just buckle down and they, they get the W and that, and that's what he did. And to Ben's credit, um, he went out there and he played his brand of tennis. He is brash when he's on the court. He is vocal. He does do a lot of things that some may question and say, oh, shame on him. He shouldn't do this or he shouldn't do that. But that comes out of the college ranking. So, I mean, college ranks. So that's something that he just does. That's not something he he put on for the Novak match because he did it with Tiapo. He did it with other Americans. So, so you know, you hear a lot of people out there, oh, he all those antics. He, that's how he plays. That's just his brand of tennis. He is very vocal. He's very energetic. And again, in that matchup, it got under Novak's skin a bit. Mm -hmm. And he chose to, you know, do some things right, wrong, or indifferent to basically show him that, young man, you can do all that that you want, but the goadage will not stop. <laughs> right, and, right. and simply put, it did not. So, you know, I, I just I just am very proud of Ben Shelton for making it to the his first semifinals of the US Open. I expect to see him do you know, the same, if not bigger things going forward. So I, I just, mm -hmm. I just commend him very much. How about you, Bryce? What, what did, what did you kind of see and what do you kind of want to vocalize about that matchup? Well, I think you said it all. I don't disagree with anything that you've said. Um, I, I am proud of Ben and, and listening to his post-match interview. It sounds like he recognizes that this was a huge step for him and has only motivated him uh, going forward, which is what you like to hear. Right. Uh, and remember, he's only been on tour a year, one year. So, I mean, you, you've made it to the quarterfinals of the Australian Open this year. You didn't win two matches in a row for the rest of the year. And then you made it to the semifinals here at the U.S. Open. And there's a whole bunch of people in their first year on the professional tour that would love to have those kind of results. Now. There was a post that we put out that got a whole lot of attention, um, and we're very happy about that. Um, but one of the things that I was disappointed with at the end of that match was 
Ben Shelton has, you know, this signature kind of celebration he does at the end of the matches that, you know, is nothing he originated, you know, came from his Florida college playing days of the whole hanging up the phone uh, type deal at the end of the match. And so Ben had been doing that. Where I was a little disappointed was at the end of this match, Djokovic decided to mock his celebration at the end. Yeah. Now, the reason why Djokovic can do whatever he wants to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he has the right to do whatever he wants to do. But when I think about people that I consider at that goatage level, I felt like that was behavior that was beneath someone that I consider at that level. Like, you know, it was hard for me to imagine if Roger or Rafa or even if Andy Murray had been in the exact same situation, would we have seen those type of behaviors? Because it's one thing if Djokovic had his signature move and he chose that he wanted to do that. But when you intentionally do what your opponent typically does, there's there's a pettiness to that. We saw it uh, last year with Brooksby and Tiafo in Atlanta. We saw how that went over. So the thing that annoyed me with Djokovic was in the press conference, he tried to make it be like, oh, I just like his celebration, so I decided to steal it. I would have had much more respect for him if he had said, you know what? He hasn't really done anything yet. I felt he was being a little too brash. So, I mean, oh, it, oh, what you did. We all thought it's on film. Like Coco Golf said, it's in 4K. Ain't nobody else confused with how it went down. <laughs> you know, so I don't know who he's trying to create this narrative for. But like I said, he has the right to do whatever he wants to do. I just felt like it was beneath him. And I think he would have come across way more classy. Just, you won the match. You're going into the finals. So, shake this young man's hand uh, who made it to his first semifinal, you know, after his first year on tour, you know, right. it just seemed a little petty to me. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I have to agree with that. Um, again, it's, it's, if, if you're talking again about the goats, that's just not something that you would really expect to see. I mean, again, you get out there on the courts, you are warriors, you're battlers, mm-hmm. but you know, at the end of the day, when the last point is played, you know, you, you give, you give respect. And, and, and to me, I just don't know that that was something that was necessary that he truly needed to do. And again, we're talking about someone that possesses, you know, 23, now 24 grand slam titles, singles titles. So, you know what, just, you know, again, I know he was brash, but you knew going into the match that that was his brand of tennis. So you knew that's what you were going to get. So again, as a GOAT, I I could definitely see you being irritated if you had lost, but you won in straight sets. So again, like you're saying, just something that wasn't necessary. But again, those are those things that kind of, you know, unfortunately for us, you know, we have to question Djokovic at times because of his those those types of decisions that he makes. What he does on court is is phenomenal. It is fantastic. Right. It is goadage. Um, but it's those types of actions that kind of kind of kind of mar that a little bit, because, again, just not necessary. You, you've been out on tour that long. You, you don't need to do that to, to a 20 year old. He's you know, he's he's just trying to do his thing, you know. 
And you know what, Isaac? I saw some comments from some people like, well, I think Ben was being rude. Well, how about this? Ben's been on tour for a year. I'm sorry. My expectations for his behavior just aren't that high yet. Not exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, if, if he were to do something like that, I'd be like, he's a rookie. You know, get it. Got it. He's going to grow from that. He probably won't be doing that four or five years from now, right? right, right. But how many of us, even think about us, did things that our, our first year on the job in the professional world that we look back and be like, wow, that was pretty boneheaded. <laughs> I wouldn't have done that, right? But they, they, people want to try to equate, well, that's why Djokovic did it because he did it. So Djokovic is going to lower himself to anyway. Yeah. So yeah. while Djokovic did that, then on the flip side, I <laughs> thought it was amazing what he did in terms of honoring Kobe Bryant. Oh, with yeah. the shirt and the 24. That's why it's so hard to just love slash hate Djokovic because he does some things that are just, I thought that was a beautiful moment, recognizing Kobe and how he did it and with the shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, while the other half of my brain is thinking, what was that he just did at the end of the match? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, exactly, Bryce, because again, that to me, to, to you know, because again, he's going after the record, if you will, because he's yeah. tied with Serena at 23. Mm-hmm. He's trying to tie Margaret Court, if you will, or, you know, because he's already got. All right. There Sorry about go. that. I hiccuped, Bryce. I hiccuped. Yeah. That's all right. Because you know what? This is what happens in this age of it's, us with technology and Wi-Fi. And, but guess what? What we do, we keep it moving. We keep it moving, just like the song says. And so where I kind of left off was he just did a wonderful thing you know, winning 24 to, 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 you know, to have that type of a awareness to, you know, dedicate that to Kobe Bryant, one of Mm -hmm. his really, really close friends, mentors. It was a beautiful thing. It was just absolutely beautiful. It was. Yeah. So congratulations, Novak. Uh, We know how much this meant to him. Uh, 24, you know, only he and Margaret Court stand alone uh, with that. And you know Djokovic, his whole focus is now at least getting 25. We know he wants more than that, but 25 has got to happen. And it's just a tremendous feat. I mean, there's no other words you can say about it. Exactly. Exactly. It's just so, yeah, it's it's just so out of bounds. Because who would have thought that you'd have the big three being at basically 21, 22, and 24 now. Isn't that the number? 20, or is it uh, uh, Roger's at 20. Oh, Roger's at 20. I always try and give him that damn Wimbledon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that Wimbledon he should have had. Uh, 
anyway. That's right. That's right. So 22. Oh, so they're in twos, 2022 and 24. 24. Yeah. 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 So, so just kudos to, to Novak Djokovic, man. That, that was, that was, again, the, the Kobe tribute was, that was, that was classy. Right. Do more of that, please. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Let's reinforce good behavior. (laughs) All right. Anyway. (laughs) Now let's end on the most positive note we could ever end on and and folks i'm gonna just before we even get into this i'm gonna take this back to after the dc open when coco won washington dc a 500 level tournament uh her first 500 level tournament because before that she'd only won 250s and remember she had just come off of losing in the first round of Wimbledon. Correct. So you got Brad Gilbert in the camp. You got this other new dude, Perry, in the camp that started, you Perry. know, right yeah, before uh, Wimbledon. Um, Isaac and I, and you can go find whatever show it was, uh, but we stated the changes that we had seen in her game immediately after Brad Gilbert came in that this was going into this U.S. Open was the first time we could legitimately count her as a contender. Before, we may have thrown her name in there. We're like hoping and crossing toes and fingers and <laughs> hoping the draws break the right way. Right. This was the first time that we felt she could go into the draw, seated where she was seated, and see this thing all the way through. And I know we're getting ready to talk about all the details, but the fact that she actually did it is mind-blowing, amazing, outstanding, historical. I could not be more proud of that young lady. Absolutely, Bryce. I mean, again, having in a basically, what, five-week period, five, either six-week period, she won a 500, a 1,000, and a Grand Slam. Who does that? Serena and took Williams. out the number one player in the world. Exactly. And took out the number one player in the world. I mean, it's... She had never even gotten a set off of before. Correct. Just, just what she did over that window of time, it's, it, it's crazy. And that's what reinforces what they say, is at that elite level, it's only the little things. And Brad and Parariba, Brad Gilbert, those they in they brought the right mindset. Because again, we've all talked about Coco, we've talked about the forehand, we've talked about the woes. Even with the forehand the way that it is, Brad Gilbert is let let us be clear. Brad Gilbert is the dude. Let's be clear. He has worked with Grand Slam champions, Andre Agassi, Andy Murray, Andy Roddick. He knows what it takes to get players to the top as it relates to getting Grand Slam titles. He got up in that camp, Bryce, and he said, you know what, baby girl? Let me just talk to you real quick. First of all, we're going to take some of this some of this tension off of you because you, you, it's too much tension. I want you to smile. I want you to smile more because remember she said that. He told me to smile more. Smile mm-hmm. more because what does it do when you smile? It brings that good, positive energy about you. Right. And then when you're on the court, play your game. You're not always going to be able to bring your best tennis. And that was one of the things Coco said is she was always trying to be the perfectionist out there. You ain't got to do all that. 
you got to win on the day. Figure out what you need to do to win on the day. And what did Brad Gilbert write? He wrote a book about winning ugly. Why did he write a book say winning ugly? Because again, Brad Gilbert was not the most talented person out there, but he did what he needed to do in order to maximize his skill set. That to me is what he brought to Coco Golf is a different mindset. And boy, oh boy, Bryce, did she maximize that. I'm going to stop and I'm going to give it back to you. Well, and I'm just going to pick up where you left off because I think one of the most important things she stated is the fact that as we've talked about Coco and what potential gap she still had, Brad Gilbert's like, we haven't done anything with the forehand yet. <laughs> we haven't done anything with the forehand. Yeah. And, and everybody, including us, have said that is what's stopping her from, you know, being able to contend for these majors. And, you know, and I don't know the details, so I could be completely off with this. So in my fantasy brain, remember we initially heard talks that Rick Macy was going to come in and, and work on retooling her forehand. Right. And as we all know, anybody that's played tennis for any amount of time, especially when you've been hitting a stroke probably your entire life, that's that's something that's not going to change overnight. Right. That's going to be months of, you know, you got to get that second nature stuff out of your mind. Right? Correct. And so I bet there was a conversation that happened with Brad Gilbert that was like, you know what? We don't have to wait till the end of the year to start working on that forehand. There are some changes that we can make right now that will make a material difference in her results. And I bet you that's what got her dad to bring him in because he knew we can't, between Wimbledon and the U.S. Open, we can't reconstruct this forehand. But we have Brad Gilbert saying there are other things we can do right now that will make an immediate change. Let's give this a try. And oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, Coco Golf is now a Grand Slam single champion, ranked number three in the world in singles, the top-ranked American in singles, and the top-ranked doubles Come on. Come in the on. world at 19. And we had some people, like she said, not too long ago saying she wasn't living up to her potential. Right, right. At yeah. 19. Right, at 19. Talking about she wouldn't win a 500, but she did that. Oh, she, that's the highest she'll go. And then she was like, oh, well, they don't think I can win a 1,000. Oh, did that. Oh, well, that'll be, that'll be all she does. That's all. And then what she do, she's lifting the U.S. Open Grand Slam singles singles title. Incredible, Bryce. Just stupid, incredible. And one thing I want to also do, because we've talked about this before on other shows, mm -hmm. not only do we have to give a shout out to those coaches, we have to give a shout out to her parents. Oh, I tell absolutely. you, Candy and Corey Goff, if you are watching this, I mean, for you all to to trust in those guys to lead your daughter and to have the wherewithal to step back and let them do their job. And, 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 and you got you know, you're there, but you're letting them do what they were hired to do. Some parents have such an issue with that, that they're always just in the mix and in the way they stepped back. Bryce, and they allowed that relationship to build for that that new voice to permeate and to really be able to be effective. I, I, I am so impressed with, with Corey and Candy Goff. I, I absolutely love and adore them just because again, they have the wherewithal to step back and allow this process to work. And, and, and let's, and let's make sure we, we give the full picture on this. 
they stepped back, but they didn't step out. No, did not. Because one of the things that I loved about the way Coco Golf has handled this entire situation is the way at the end of this match, because she knows how the media works. This there was an opportunity here for the media to run with this and be like, Brad Gilbert came in and you know, saved the day, and now he's the king, and Coco is a champion because of Brad Gilbert. She was like, No. She said, My dad is the captain of this ship. Yes. It was his decision to bring in Brad Gilbert. I wasn't even thinking about anything <laughs> like that. She said, he's the one that did the scout scouting report for the match. Well, not Brad Gilbert. Her wow. dad still did the scouting report for the match. And mm-hmm. although, yes, Brad Gilbert and the other guy, what's his name again? Pereba. Pereba. Although they may have come in and they put the frosting and the ice cream on the top of this cake, this cake had already been baked. Yes, yes. Let's be clear. Already baked. <clears throat> and so she made sure that her father got the credit he deserved for this mm-hmm. win. You know, yes. thank you, Brad. Thank you, Pariba, and 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 all of that for helping. You know, get get us over the finish line. But you know, we was we was already kind of there. Yeah, we, uh, we was walking the good walk. We was already walking the good walk. So, <laughs> yeah. was just so impressive from either the way she acknowledged everyone that played yes. a role, from the way that she acknowledged God in public. Chris Everett was like. What is she doing down there on her knees? You know, but she probably pray over it. You know, I <laughs> that's mean, a prayer. Have we ever seen another player pray? I, I mean, they give the shout out at the mic. You know, uh, we thank God for making this possible and all this. But you saw it in action. Correct. There. Correct. She so said, "I'm gonna say this prayer. I'm gonna say this prayer, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let God know." Yes. Right. Hmm. To all thanks, B. Right, exactly. Even the way Coco went through the draw, it wasn't like she just was running through everybody from in straight sets. I mean, she had a number of three set challenges, uh, including the finals. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the fact I was I was on the Instagram live with her yesterday, and Mm -hmm. she stated the reason why she made that comment at the end in her speech about the haters and, you know, thanking them for hating on her because it was motivation. She said up to 15 minutes before she walked out on court for the final, she was reading stuff online about how she was underachieving. Wow. And she said she took that as motivation Mm -hmm. on the court with her. There you go. There you go. How powerful is that? 19, Bryce. 19. 19. Crazy. Crazy. It, it It's all just crazy. But at the same time, man, what a glorious, glorious story. And um, just talk about proud. I, I had the I had the feels, you know, when she hit that match point and she broke down mm-hmm. and the tears started coming. I was like, yes, yeah, sis, there you go. That's what's up. <laughs> And you know what? And another one of our friends, um, you know, who we work very closely with, who has a daughter that plays tennis, uh, mentioned before this match to me, he was like, hey, look, if Coco wins this match, mm-hmm. I see her winning two to three more in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. This really kind of opens 
Open the floodgates. Open the floodgates. Mm-hmm. You know, because you have to think about it. Now that she has beaten Ega, you know, she puts herself in a major draw. Who is she thinking she can't beat? Well, exactly. I mean, Ega was her kryptonite. And when she finally was able to beat her, because even with, again, all the forehand issues and what have you that we we talk about, she was still able to get wins over the top players. She just couldn't beat Ega. And that, to me, was the biggest thing that was like, okay, you've got to figure out how how to get over that hurdle before we can really, truly consider you a contender. And she did that. She did that. Mm-hmm. She she got Ega. They battled. She won. And at right. that point, you're like, okay, now we now we work it. Now we got something mm-hmm. we can work with. Because again, it's all mental and it's all the confidence. And right. and once she got that victory, I just feel like that in itself, honestly, Bryce, opened up the floodgates for the possibility of her to do exactly what she did. And that's when the US Open title. And yes. So. So let's do this. Let's do like we did with the men. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to the semifinals. Yeah. Uh, and we'll let's start on the bottom half here. And <laughs> I don't know if I even told you this or not, Isaac, but the matchup we had was Madison Keys versus Sabalenka. And Madison yeah. was having a great tournament. Um, and, <laughs> and Sabalenka was having a great tournament as well. And uh, our good friend, you all know our good friend, Paul. Um, after in that semifinal match, after Madison Keys won that first set six love, he sent me a text message and he said, hey. is Madison gonna do this? And my response to him, and I should screenshot it and send it to you, is I said, Sabalenka in three. <laughs> <laughs> now I didn't know what the score was gonna be, but Isaac, talk to us how Sabalenka turned that match around. Well, Okay, I'm, it's this very. It's it's honestly a pretty straightforward equation. Madison choked. Simply put, she choked. She had that. I literally was like, we about to have two Americans in the U.S. Open Women's Final. She served, and I, I believe it was five four that she served, and she played one of the worst games I've ever seen. And at that point, it was like, okay you're choking and this is bad um and when sabalenka kind of saw that she was like oh okay i thought i was supposed to be the one getting all nervous and everything but you're doing it now so okay i can play free now and again she 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 did what she had to do and uh <laughs> and i mean it, 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 to me that was the capper is when she came back and she was able to take that that second set um, in the tiebreaker, I was like, yeah, this is not looking good. But to Madison's, I mean, to Madison's credit, she fought. Mm-hmm. She fought the good fight. And you know what? And, and and like I said, they even got to a third set tiebreaker. But I don't know. I, I guess I just felt like at that point, she kind of missed her opportunity. And, and so yeah. Sabalenka just kind of did what she needed to do. It's still a hotly contested third set tiebreaker. Yeah. But you know, but but Sabalenka pulled it out. So it, to me, Madison missed her opportunity when she was serving five four because she had Sabalenka on the rope. She didn't know what to do, and she mm-hmm. gave her literally. It was like love for it. She didn't want to point that game. She gave mm-hmm. her that service game, and mm-hmm. at that point, I was like, "Yes, yeah, sis, it's, it's tight on you." Right, and you know what? I thought 
what could have potentially been a very interesting situation was in that third set tiebreaker when Sabalenka threw her racket down because she thought she had won the match. She got seven points in the tiebreaker and forgot the match tiebreak was now 10 points. And I said, oh, if you were to come back and to lose that, that would hurt. But she didn't. And yeah. she won and um, and checked her way into the finals. So. Yeah, that that but that one is going to sting for Madison Keys for for right. a little while because that was her match. That I mean, seriously, Bryce, it, there's no absolutely no reason that should have gone past two sets. She was dominant those right. first two sets, and and like I said, serving five four, she choked it away. And you know what? I kind of slightly wanted Madison to win that match because I thought if Coco made it to the finals, it would be an easier win for her than Sabalenka. <laughs> uh, but, but, uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, because, can, can I, and this is why I'll say it, because of the choking potential. Right, right. Uh, you know, I, I thought that the moment might get to uh, Madison Keys uh, again because at least w- okay so when she met Sloan in 2017 in the final yep. depending upon what camp you were in some people thought you know Madison had the edge some people thought Sloan had the edge you know it, it was almost like 50 50 right 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 but if she were to make it to the finals again and then this time against a Coco Golf now the pressure would be on Madison because right. this is yes. your second time in the finals <clears throat> against <throat> another American where you are now the veteran. You are right. the true veteran over, you know, and I don't know how that pressure would have played out with Madison. Yeah. Pavelenka, having won the Australian Open earlier in the year, I was a little more fearful that she gets in the finals and like, oh, okay, I don't know how <laughs> done this this year. You know, let, let's, let's roll. So, Sabalenka's in the finals. The other semifinal we have is Coco Golf against your girl, Makova. Talk to us about that one. Well, and we had saw that, you know, that matchup in, in what was it, Cincinnati? Or? Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah, Cincinnati. So, you know, and I, and I, I, and we talked about this and I said this before. I don't think that that is a good matchup for Muhova because everything that she does, Coco can do. And the athleticism of Coco is always going to, to me, bring her above mm-hmm. in that matchup. Because again, Muhova has that variety. She comes to the net, but Coco's athleticism and defense. I, I feel like is 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 so much superior than what Muhova can bring to the court. And again, Coco's not afraid to come to net. She's not afraid because so she can play that style when she's mm-hmm. playing against the Muhova. And I just I, for me, yeah. I, and 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 what we saw at in in that semifinal was exactly what we saw in Cincinnati. She just mm-hmm. she did what Muhova can do just better. And she brought that athleticism and was like, yes, sis, this is always going to be tough for you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. And it was. And it was. And so Coco makes it through there. And then we get the Coco Golf Sabalenka final. And, you know, in that final, you know, Sabalenka came out and actually thought Coco looked a little hungry. Right? Yeah, she was like, hey, New York. (laughs) Ain't nobody scared of her. <laughs> let, 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 let's serve it up. Let's serve it up. 
and right. gave her that whole biscuit. And Bryce, after the first set, I was just sitting there like, well, listen, you know, because I had to go to a bar to watch the match. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so at the bar, met some nice people, though. But at the bar, mm-hmm. everybody was kind of like, ooh, and I was just kind of like, Coco been doing this this entire tournament. This ain't right. over. I said this. I basically, uh, what did you say to, to Paul on your text message? Is exactly what I said. I was like, this is going three. I was like, this right. is going three. I was like, Coco's not done. I said, you trust me when I tell you that first set is not an indicator of what's about to happen in two and three. And right. and and again, Coco was like, yo, I've been doing this. I, I'm, right. I'm not afraid to lose the first set. I, I'm a battler. I know how to do this now. And that's mm-hmm. what she did, Bryce. I mean, thoughts <laughs> no and once again i think that 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 was representative of the growth that we've seen in coco golf right um, that's what you like in your champions you like that if they happen to lose the first set that you know they don't feel like the match is over right, right? Exactly. it just means that now i gotta win the next two i just gotta win and, the next two and she did that and she played very well she played very control very controlled and within herself and you know i i just i'm just thinking if she won this title like this i expect for coco the coco of two or three or four years from now mm-hmm. it's just gonna be just athletically better uh technically more sound with her strokes more experience more confidence yep. um if I ever doubted that she would be a future number one, I don't doubt that anymore. I agree um, 100%. She is a future number one. And I just, this goes back to a conversation that you brought up this summer with her and Pagula. She may have to make the real early decision on her double flight. Right, right. Because if she wants to, and I'm not, look, I'm not trying to blow up Coco and be like, oh, she's going to surpass Serena and all this kind of stuff. But even if she just wants to be in that range of the Martinez and the Chris's and all of that, um, with the way that the game is played now, yeah, you know, Martina and them, they were able to do a little more with the, the doubles and the singles, but she may have to focus more as a singles player earlier in her career. Right, right, Damn. exactly. Hold on one second, Bryce. Keep oh, it going. Shit. All right, so this is how we do on this show. We keep it going. We keep it moving. While he's um, addressing whatever, um, I wanted to shout out Martin Boylan. Uh, we had online a U.S. Open a gift bag giveaway with everybody wanted to get that daggone U.S. Open towel. Um, and it actually, we had more entrance in this giveaway than we've had in any of our other giveaways. So thank you to everyone that entered, but Martin Boylan, uh, congratulations. He did win. Hey, Isaac, he's actually in Southern California. Oh, wow. Right on. Yeah. So, uh, we'll be shipping that. We, we left the stuff in New York with our producer, um, Because you don't know where the winner is going to be, right? So, right, right. Anyway. We're always trying to spend some money, y'all. <laughs> exactly. So, Martin, we're going to get that out to you, but congratulations again. And congratulations. And once again, thank you to everyone that entered. We will continue to do the giveaway. Excellent. Well, good so back stuff. Back to where man. you were. I'm sorry. 
back to where you were. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I ex- can't exactly remember what all I was trying to say, but like you were saying, as far as Coco and and you know, you know, I just want her to just continue on this path. I think that she is doing the right things. I think she's got the right, you know, the right camp, the right team. She's doing the right things. Just, just, just keep moving forward. Keep, keep it right. moving forward. Keep it moving. Right. Because do you think it was helpful? that she lost early in mixed doubles and in the ladies' doubles? I, you know, anytime you're going after your first Grand Slam, it makes me nervous when you're playing all three events. I can Once you got a kind of a Grand Slam under your belt, I'm a little bit more, you know, okay, if you will, because right. things can get really, really, really hectic when you're trying to play three events and because the scheduling can get crazy and then you may get, you know, thrown a couple matches in one day. And I, I just right. I just always feel like that's a little bit, you know, extra when you're going after your first slam. Now that she's kind of got that under her belt, you, you know, I, I I probably am a little bit more OK with it because, again, she is 19 years old. And and right. again, the greats of the past have played all all events so Coco should be able to do that and it not be a, a, a big issue. But I always kind of just want to see them get that first Grand Slam under their belt, then adjust accordingly as it relates to what events you play going forward. What are your thoughts on that, Bryce? No, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I just think they're going to have to read the temperature of the tour and right. of her body and of the results and just make the right decision. I'm not saying right now, stop playing all doubles, but you just don't ever want to get yourself in a situation where you're allowing uh, other things to compromise your singles results. Because at the end of the day, that's what you're going to be remembered for. I mean, we already know now Coco is going to make it into the Hall of Fame. If you know, you know. Um, But, um, you know, we want her to make it in there with the highest level of status that she can potentially make. Absolutely. 100% agree with you, brother. (laughs) So let's wrap this up. It was a great U.S. Open, but just wanted to take a moment to just thank so many people who have helped us in terms of our coverage of this year's U.S. Open for you. Uh, First and foremost, Shout out to you, the BOT fam, and all of those that we were able to see while we were there on site at the U.S. Open. That's always our favorite part, hooking up with you guys and seeing you and meeting you. So let's continue to do that. Shout out to the USTA and the U.S. Open Media Department. We so appreciate your support and allowing us to cover the U.S. Open for the BOT fam. Uh you know, shout out to our producer for and his his lovely wife Marsha for allowing us to crash and their pad for a couple of weeks uh, to do the thing. Uh, always great to see our our godmother of of brothers on tennis, Zena Garrison, uh, in person and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, you know, city taste of tennis. I mean, yes, come on, AYS sports sports marketing for the continued partnership and support and allowing us to bring you all of those wonderful interviews, player interviews from the city uh, Taste of Tennis events, the best parties in the tennis world. Oh, yeah. sure. Isaac, I, I, any people that you can think of or any organizations that 
I know. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, oh, um, I'm thinking of the HBCU Live and Sean. Um, oh, Sean Holcomb Jones. Yeah, yeah, Sean Holcomb Jones. Good job, sir, on that HBCU event at the U.S. Open. Love right. that. Love seeing the culture again. We are from HBCUs, myself, Bryce, mm -hmm. and our producer, Chet. So we love, love seeing the HBCU representation at the U.S. Open. Please keep that going. Uh, finally meeting our guy, Andrew Jones, and media, who is leading the way yes. uh, with people of color in the media room. And thanks for kind of taking us under your wing and, and showing us the ropes. And Karen, you know who you are. We don't need to mention your last name. Um, and But also think about this. Not only the, those people, but DJ Madlings, who has always come through and shown love uh, for us at events. You know, we love you, bro, everything that you do. Yes. Um, so I'm sure there's people that we are not naming now, but I just we just wanted to emphasize, if not just the three of us out here doing this, right. we, you know, what we do is as a result of the love and support of so many people. And without them, none of this would be happening. That's right. Takes a village. Takes a village. So we're going to get out of here because we're going to jump on IG Live, but we got some stuff to talk about that we're talking about uh, this episode here. But, um, you know, with that, we're going to go ahead and roll. We'll be back at you in a couple of weeks, I guess, uh, to talk about results. Labor Cup is coming up. Um, and we'll see who Ben Shelton is hanging the phone up on there up in Vancouver. So with that being said, uh, on the behalf of the podcast, this has been your boy Bryce. And this is your boy Isaac. And we are Brothers on Tennis. Everyone stay good. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.